excited about the word this morning because the Lord just really stirred my heart uh, in, in this message that um, I'm going to bring uh, this morning. Um, God loves those that have a heart that goes after his. Amen? God loves those. You know, he loves us all, but loves us especially when we have a heart that goes after his heart, you know. A person whose uh, uh, heartfelt intention is locked into being a person after God's own heart. Amen. We've heard it before. But let's, let's just receive this again today because I believe God's got something special for us as, uh, as we get into this word today. We're all called to be a people that go after the Father's heart. All of us. Don't just find great leaders who you can say went after the Father's heart. You become one of those people too. You decide. You choose. That sums up the pursuit of mature sons and daughters as far as I'm concerned. Uh, so very well because those that have been brought into God's eternal family should keep going after God's heart. You know, the very centre of his, of, of, of his being and, and, uh, and, and his spirit. You know, David is described by the prophet Samuel as a man after God's own heart. And uh, Saul, who had lost his way, was told that's what, you know, that's what God is seeking. He gets told that he's lost his way and now God's seeking a man after his own heart and that you're going to lose your spot because of it. And that's the problem. We've not... Seeking after God's spot, a uh, 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 heart is we lose our spot. We lose what God's got for us. We say uh, we're a church with a purpose. If you don't believe it, it's on the sign outside, just so uh, people know. And of course, you should know that our purpose, very clearly set, is to raise up mature sons and daughters of God. Very transitional place, those that have uh, uh, come and go, uh, some that come for a short season, some who stay for a long season, ought to know that, you know, what we're looking to raise up is mature sons and daughters. Not to me, not to the pastoral leadership, not to anyone, but to God. Mature sons and daughters. Because mature sons and daughters are always going to be a blessing wherever they go. All right? So we're not into volunteerism, you know, get enough people serving in the church and we can build it big. That's not, a, that's not what we're about. We're about getting people to follow after God's heart because if you follow after God's heart, guess what's going to happen to you? You're going to be a blessing wherever you go. Amen. So let's finish that equation. Mature sons and daughters make great fathers. <laughs> fathers meaning those that nurture out of God's heart. Amen. Male or female. So don't be, don't, ladies, don't say that dismisses me, I, I can't be a father. No, you can. You can father out of your heavenly father's heart. And that's so very, very critical and important. You can be a female and still have the father's heart and nurture others from that place, from that point. You know, God is raising up a type of leadership for his church and you can discern that type of leadership, I believe, a mile away. And you can discern those that don't have that heart a mile away as well. It's quite different. Don't choose a lesser type of leadership for yourself. If you go for other models of leadership, it becomes very positional, number one, and not very relational. 
So it's not built on relationship, it's built on position. Watch out for that. Don't choose that lesser type of leadership for yourself because of fancy sermons. Go for the heart. Don't make the mistake of seeking teachers on YouTube that tickle your ears or stroke your flesh or confirm your worst fears. Don't do that. Don't come from the place um, of looking for something that God says is not where you're going to find it. 1 Corinthians 4 and verse 15, Paul tells us, for though you might have 10,000 instructors, uh, I'm pretty sure he was foreseeing YouTube. <laughs> I'm pretty sure of it now. You go on YouTube and that's what you're going to get. It's flick, flick, no, I don't like that one. Flick, flick, no, get me another one. Flick, flick. And you've got all these teachers blaring out at you stuff that you... Even, I'll be honest with you, I don't often go on YouTube looking for preachers and stuff like that, but... Just lately, I don't know, but the algorithm has realised that I'm a Christian. And it says, I know what he needs. He needs Christian teachers. And so, you know, you go on YouTube and you've got two, you're working your way through two or three uh, uh, YouTube teachers. And there's one guy there, and tell you, when he grabs his Bible off that pulpit and starts walking around, I get scared, you know. I think, what's he going to say next, you know? He, he just seems to do it with such an authority. But, you know, I've heard bad stuff coming out of his mouth. Stuff that I know doesn't line up in the scripture. So you be a person that knows the Bible and knows what you should believe. Don't just believe it because they seem to say it with authority. And they're so good at you know, grabbing their Bible and pushing it out at you. <gasps> you must be true. Watch out for that stuff. Paul says it. You might have 10,000 instructors in Christ yet you do not have many fathers. Look for the father's heart. I don't want to prophesy unless I'm coming out of the father's heart. Makes me cry. Makes me get all teary. Because I feel what God's feeling and see what he's seeing. And I, I want to come from that place. Paul's prayer is that the church would be filled with the knowledge of God's will. He doesn't make himself indispensable. And fathers don't. Godly fathers don't. He knows that the goal of godly fathers is to get God's people connected and dependent on God the Father. He models that. He doesn't model a wise old prophet in from the wilderness, out of the Old Testament. He models believers who are hooked up with the Holy Spirit and knows how to discern God's will. He knows they are going to finish their race. They won't end up in deception playing for the other team. Tearing down, not building up. So Paul's prayer is toward that end, and I like it. Over there, let's see if we've got it. Colossians 1 and verse 9. We won't, it's a good prayer. There's more to it than just this, uh, this verse here. But For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you as the Father's heart. And to ask, you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. That's a spiritual exercise. That's prayer. That's pressing in to the spirit of God, not just reading your Bible. 
It's both. We, we're a people of the word and the spirit. And we like to make the distinction clear that Christianity is not a religious observance or a social club that we join to meet nice people and make a few friends. But it's a spiritual relationship with God. One that was enabled by the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we ought to press in to get all that we can out of that relationship. Can I get an amen this morning? Amen. amen. Let's get the best out of that. Jesus went to a lot of trouble to make it available to us. Fathers, encourage you to a place of spiritual relationship with him. To be a people of God's word. Not just to get you subscribing to their channel. I'm sorry. I think it would be a good gig if you can get on it. But, you know, I don't think it's from the Father's heart sometimes. So glad that the Lord clarified our purpose here in Broome. So glad that the Lord stirred a fathering heart, raising sons and daughters to him. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I had to get around that spirit before I understood it. The spirit, the first time I got around that fathering heart was Pastor Peter Nichols. He's coming here in a couple of weeks. Come along. You know, make sure you purpose to attend as much of that as you can. Get around that spirit. It's a fathering heart. It's not after anything. It's not after followers. It doesn't want you to subscribe to his YouTube channel. He doesn't want you to do any of those things. He just wants to get that fathering heart out. And I first got exposed to it over 20 years ago. Met Pastor Peter for the first time and I was so, so blessed. Went away thinking that I'd been in the days of Jesus, you know. Um, but that fathering heart is so important. Raising sons and daughters to him. Not getting a following. That's not what we're, we're after. We're not, we're not trying to find, uh, uh, say that we, well, we mentored six people. You know, in your life. Jesus only discipled 12 A couple of years ago, um, I received a jury duty order and um, there was a selection process and, uh, and I'm sitting there going, oops, I'm one. I knew it. I'm sitting there and I just got that on me. I go, yeah, I'm one. So I'm working out how I'm going to fit that into my workload. I'm, you know, and they haven't even made the selection, but I'm already figuring it out. So I'm not going to get, I'm disappointed that I'm not one of the ones that get told to leave. So I'm working through that. And... Um, and of course, they, what happens in juries is that they choose 14 people when they're actually, to deliver the verdict, they only want 12. In fact, the reason they choose 14 is because of attrition. Someone's, someone falls sick, another person, you know, realises that they can't judge that person because they know that person at small town. So a lot of that stuff goes on in the jury selection uh, process and um, so uh, and it happened that one guy got knocked out straight away because he was unwell and then they were down to 13 and then another guy got knocked out halfway through the you know and so usually when you run out of uh, the amount of jury they actually cancel cancel the the jury and they have to what do they call it uh, stop the stop the, uh, the the process and have to do it again so it's a, a you know re redo and a retrial that's the word forgive me my legal terms are a little rusty but um, I'm sitting there for a couple of days and I'm looking at this defendant. This defendant sitting in the defendant's box and he's a young man and, and uh, could be doing anything other than what he'd been doing. But unfortunately, he'd gotten into trouble for what he'd been doing. And of course, the defendant, uh, the defence and of course the, uh, the, um, 
prosecution were going back and forth, having turns, having a go, protecting, saying, oh, it could have been this, it could have been that, and how come, you know, and so putting their case forward, and I'm listening to it all. And every now and then I'd cast my eyes over to see what the, <laughs> what the, the, what the defendant was doing, what's the look on his face? And he spent the whole time just looking up at the ceiling, like, like he wasn't really paying too much attention. And I thought to myself, he probably got there from not paying too much attention. You know, as I'm sort of having those kind of a thoughts. You know, they said, some people are so poor that they can't even pay attention. And um, so <laughs> I, I'm having those kind of thoughts and I'm, and, I, and I'm thinking, oh, well, we just hear all the story, hear what's going on here. But, you know, the Lord drops the Father's heart in. It just drops in. And I'm looking at this guy and I start to love him. And, I'm, you know, for no other reason that he's just there and God's just dealt with my heart. And all I wanted to do all the way through the rest of that court case was go up, run up and grab him and give him a father's hug and tell him it's all going to be okay. I was coming down here yesterday morning because I'd been told that there was someone sleeping on our veranda. And I put my pastor's hat on and I got in the car and I was going to go down and move them along. <laughs> That's what I thought when I got in the car. And um, when I got here, and the minute I opened the door, guess what happened? <laughs> the father's heart just dropped in. And I went, I wanted to talk to him. I wanted to have a chat with him and see how he's going. You know? And I said, how you going, mate? Are you all right? And he goes, pulls his head up out of, out of his, uh, uh, his swag. He goes, yeah. <laughs> so he was all right. And I said to him, can I get you something? Can I get you a bottle of water? He says, oh, I've got some water there. And uh, I said, well, is there something I can do for you? And he goes, and I says, well, looks like you just need to sleep in. And he goes, like that. And I said, have a sleep in. You stay as long as you like. And uh, I, I didn't feel like moving him on at all. The father's heart, you know. And, um, and I'd introduced myself and, you know, and he was okay. But the thing was, was as if he needed help, I would have helped him, you know. But he just, he just needed that bit of space. Apparently his wife had kicked him out. And uh, who hasn't been close to that, you know? <laughs> no, she's never nearly kicked me out, all right? Never. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Out. Spare room. Out. <laughs> um, when the Lord turns your heart to his heart, you get a new vision. You get a new perspective of everything. And that's what we should pursue, his heart. Because his heart will give us a new view, a new perspective. Serving God becomes less about doing your job and fulfilling your duty and going through religious motions, but more about seeing what the Father sees and having his heart. When we come from the Father's heart in our ministry and in our service to others, we come fully equipped with all the ability that God gives. You'll find that when you are operating out of the Father's heart, gifts of the Holy Spirit, signs, wonders, miracles are more prevalent in that environment than if you're coming out of some other thought or approach. You'll come with the Holy Ghost. And that's what people that we come in contact need is us full of the Holy Ghost, full of the Holy Spirit. And it's exciting to see others catching that same heart. You know, I, I just acknowledge uh, uh, Epsi, uh, who, who got a great door of utterance open to her there at the, at the, at the ladies' refuge. 
and, uh, and Pastor Jess and Epsi have been just quietly going in there, inviting others. There's room for others if you, if you want to uh, uh, find about what they're doing and how they're doing it, but just going in there. And the testimonies that I'm hearing week after week now of just the way the Lord's working amongst these people have gone through some real brokenness, real hurt, and so many of them have actually had, uh, uh, have got a Christian background. And these two come in as a breath of fresh air. Speaking to them about, you know, in some, I know that song, you know, oh, I know that scripture, just beautiful. And, um, and of course, that's impacting. Listening, God's design for the New Testament church was for his people to serve one another from his heart. Get that. And when you have a leadership group that are God-given, and there is a difference. In other words, they've been called and have a testimony of being sent by God and have the Father's heart, you should pursue a developing connection with them because you're going to receive what God has for you by being around them. Amen? By being around them. And today... What I want to do very, very quickly, and I know we're just a little over time this morning. There's been a few things going on, which is all good. I just want us to go through three levels of connection to leadership. Three levels of connection to leadership. Now, if you're a note taker, take these down. If you're not, listen to the tape maybe once or twice. But this is so very important. The first level of connection is the honouring level. All right, the honouring level. Respect them enough to receive from them. Amen? We should all seek to connect with God-given leadership with a high degree of respect and honour and even better, love for them. At this level, we can receive truths from the leadership. We can even receive shepherding. And, and, and I say, if a pastor cannot shepherd someone, the person may not be a sheep. All right? They may be a wolf in sheep's clothing. We don't need the high levels of connection to see the Lord manifesting his presence. You know, this first level is enough for us as a church together to have open heaven. We don't need, the, you know, those, those high levels for... For, uh, for any this first level is enough manifesting his power in our presence because we honor the Lord by honoring those that have been called by him we honor them just respect look at first Thessalonians 5 verse 12 to 13 it says and we beseech you brethren to know them who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake, and be at peace amongst yourselves. You know, that's unity, isn't it? When you're at peace amongst yourselves, it's because everything's in order the way that God intended it to be. And you can be at peace amongst yourselves. It may only be the first level, but it's a level where God has designed people to be blessed and be at peace. It's a level where we choose to maintain unity, and that unity of the church conducting ourselves in the disciplines of harmony. And if you ever wanted to look at that again, the disciplines of harmony have everything to do with what we say. When we think it's okay to say it. 
Be careful of those moments because you know who's listening? The Lord. The Lord's listening. Choosing to resist strife. You know, one of our core values in, is, is uh, harmony. And in Psalm 133, we're told that in that place, the place of unity, God commands blessings. And that blessing is described as the oil that ran down Aaron's beard. The dew that was upon Mount Hermon. You know what that's a picture of? The Spirit of God getting on everything. Getting on everything. So much so that when you walk in the door, you can feel his presence. You walk in the door, you know, it's not, oh, well, I'm just at church and I'm here and I'm going home for lunch afterwards. And it's, like, oh, gosh, your, your presence is so satisfying. God, you're ministering to me today. Just sitting in my chair, I just feel what you're doing, Lord. Thank you. That's, I'm after that. I'm in. Anyone else in? I'm in. Count me in for that. It's the presence and the power of God getting on everything. Hebrews 13, verse 17. It says this, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they watch over your souls as those who must give an account. To this end, allow them to lead with joy and not with grief, for that would be of no advantage to you. Note that your advantage comes from your God-given leadership leading with joy. Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. Get that? That's when, you know, with the joy of the Lord becomes your strength, nothing's going to hold you back. And, of course, not with grief. Actually, we find that when people cannot connect at this level, they usually leave. Or God moves them on for the sake of unity. But that's another story. Second level of connection is heart-level connection. It's a connection of the heart. And this is important. It's when we begin to understand the heartfelt vision of the God-given leadership. I'm kind of talking a little bit today as well. You know, we've been touching in on that. And connect ourselves with them based on what's in their heart. It's usually seen by others in our serving. You know, as we serve, as we go about the business of, of ministry, where we begin to desire to participate and contribute in the life of the church. But it starts as a connection with the leadership and the vision that they're carrying. Amen. And I just again briefly, because there's a little bit of a read here, I, I, I feel to continue on and just get all this down. First Samuel in verse 14 and verse 1, great example of this. One day Jonathan, son of Saul, said to the young man bearing his armour, Come, let us go over to the Philistine outpost on the other side. But Jonathan did not tell his father. He didn't tell Saul. He says, I'm just going to go out and have a little bit of individual endeavour. This is wartime and the enemy are camped across the valley. Let's just skip the geography and all that and go down to verse 6 and, uh, and read that as well. And it says, And Jonathan said to the young man that bore his armour, Come, let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us. For there is no restraint on the Lord to save by many or by few. Can you say amen? Yeah. We don't need a church full. We just need unity. Amen? The second, and, it, and look what it in verse 7. And his armour bearer said to him, Do all that is in your heart. I love this bit. Behold, I am with you according to your heart. Not I'm here according to my heart. 
I'm not here according to what I see and that I want to do and my ambitions and what I see for my ministry in the future. I'm here according to all that is in your heart. Because we're a church with a purpose. Amen. Don't try and get another one. Don't try and slot in yours. You know. The second level connection is a heart connection. It results in service. It's the attitude toward leadership that says, whatever the vision is in your heart, I'm here serving with you in that. Amen. We should, we should pursue that. First Samuel in verse 14 to 11 and 15, it says, And both of them revealed themselves unto the garrison of the Philistines. And the Philistines said, Behold, the Hebrews come forth out of their holes where they'd hid themselves. So they're mocking. Verse 12. And the men of the garrison answered Jonathan and his armor and said, Come up to us. You know, come on, let's do this. And we'll show you a thing. And Jonathan said to his armor bearer, Come up after me, for the Lord has delivered them into the hand of Israel. And Jonathan climbed up upon his hands and upon his feet and his armor bearer after him, and they fell before Jonathan. And his armor bearer behind him killed them. And that first slaughter, which Jonathan and his armor bearer made, was about 20 men within, as it were, about half an acre of land with a yoke of oxen might plough. And there was trembling in the host and in the field and among the people, the garrison and the raiders. They also trembled and the earth quaked. I don't know what the earthquaking is about, but I would have been scared if the earth started, not these two taking on 20, but the earth started to shake as well. I tell you, God was in the place. So it was, very, so it was a very great trembling, it says. You know, when God's people unify with leadership around purpose, God's power turns up, I believe. And it might not be with an earthquake. It might be just with a sense of, you know, being set free. It might be with a sense of God just doing something that's unique that he's not done before in your life. I tell you, I'm ready for those types of ground-shaking events just in my own life because we're a people that choose to follow after purpose and follow after God's heart. God's ability is present and spiritual progress is made. And of course, the third level of connection, the honing level. It's mentoring, okay, for others to then go and mentor. In other words, it's, you know, having that heart that um, is a, a connection for sons and daughters of God that say, I have my heavenly father's heart, but I want to be mentored. I want help with that. I say it's the iron sharpening the iron. The sparks fly sometimes. I don't know about you, but I want to be sharpened. Honed for that sharpness. You know, the, you know God's, God's hand upon my life so that I'm sharpened. But if that comes through someone else, I'm glad as well. You cannot just romp up to someone, form a friendship with them, and then say you mentored them. You know, just because you've got a friendship with them. That, you know, and you're more mature, that they're now mentored. It, t it actually takes a little bit of you know, heart input. Might even be some, some tears involved. I found at this level, the leadership cannot help but recognise a connection, number one, because God turns the leader's heart toward that person. And it's an exciting level. God's spirit is at work in that connection. 
what I like about it is this. In receiving that word, it's like you sense God's love for them. You know, when you're, when you're in that fathering relationship and you get that word, it's like something special. You know, God is doing, and of course, it's not to you, it's through you. Hallelujah. 2 Timothy 2, and I think it's the last scripture. You therefore, my child, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that you've heard me say among many witnesses, entrust these to faithful men. That's what mentoring is about. Who will be qualified to teach others as well. At this level, there's an impartation that gets released. And the things that you have heard from me say among many witnesses, entrust them to faithful men. It's not so much taught, and I just want to say this, so often that fathering heart is not so much taught, but it's caught. People get attracted to a church because they, they go feeling that they receive something, they can't even put their finger on what it is. But God's, God's been at work, God's ministered to hearts, and, um, and they go away blessed. We teach what we know, but here's the truth. We impart from the heart. Amen? And in that impartation, our capacity to impart to others begins to develop. You know, where it becomes something that we then pass on to others. You say, where did you get that? Well, I got that from my spiritual uh, father, someone who fathered me and ministered to me and taught me how to, you know, how to connect with my heavenly father's heart. And that's what all this is about. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. I've gone eight minutes over time, all right? So just so anyone's going, gee, preach long today. Eight minutes isn't very long in the, in the scheme of things. It's actually very short, all right? So it's, <laughs> keep going. <laughs> I love it. But I've got to the end of it, and um, what I want to do is I just want to pray, and what I also want to do is just encourage anyone that wants to perhaps come down after we dismiss and, um, and uh, receive... Uh, just an impartation. You say, I haven't, I haven't known the Father's heart. Come down and we'll see if we can start praying and get that moving in your life. You know, let it be something that you're open to and, uh, and come and af- officially say, that's what I'm looking for. And again, last thing before anyone moves around too much more, I want to say this. Is that if you're here this morning and you know that you haven't yet got that close relationship with Jesus you know that um, if you died, you're not sure where you'd go. I want to speak to you today, right now, and I want to say this, is that if there's an opportunity for you to change that, would you take it? Would you change that? And if, if you say, yes, I would, I want you to come down the front. And there's a simple prayer that we pray. We call it the prayer of salvation. It's a prayer where you believe in your heart the Lord Jesus and believe that God raised him from the dead. And that you pray that prayer with an absolute decision that you're, not gonna, you're now going to live for him. You watch what will happen. He'll forgive you of your sins and give you a new life. And I really encourage you to take that because I did when I was 21 years old. I made that decision. And I prayed that prayer. And that was over 40 years ago now. And I know that my life was changed not by anything I did or started to do or started to change and I'll stop doing this and I'll stop doing that. I felt a change on the inside. I felt the Lord do something in me. I was born again and I had a new regenerated spirit 
And all I needed to do was cooperate with that. And that's where my Christian walk took over, where I started to get around good Bible teaching and, and uh, that led me into what God had for me. But I want to just make that invitation. If that's you today, come on down the front. We'd love to pray for you. If you have any other need that you'd like to have prayed for as well, we're here to receive you. But um, uh, just at the moment, I'm going to pray and we're going to dismiss because we've gone over time, all right? So, Father, we thank you for today. Father, we thank you for all that's transpired, Lord God. Lord, we thank you for your presence, Lord. Lord, we, 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 we're a people that pursue your presence, Lord. We're a people that want to see you in the midst of your people. Because, Lord, without you, we can do nothing. But with you, Lord God, we know that, Lord God, nothing's impossible. And, Lord, we thank you for today, Lord. We, we thank you for what you've done. Lord, we, de we, de we determine today, Father, we declare today, Lord God, that we are a people that are after your heart, Lord God, today in Jesus' precious name. And everybody said amen. Amen. amen.